from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's great to have you all here with us this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. I haven't coughed all morning till I did that. And now my voice is out. Luck of the Irish. Anyways, good morning. Welcome to another show. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. That's how you know the show's live. You can't, you can't edit this stuff out. You can't. So good morning, everyone tuning in. It's great to have you all here with us. I am obviously still battling, still battling this thing. So with that being said, got a packed show for all y'all this morning. Let's go ahead and get this show going. I've got my double espresso, whatever you're drinking this morning. Join me for a coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. It also helps the, uh, the cough go down. Um, good morning, everyone tuning in. Let's go ahead and get started. We've got a packed show with Mr. Cooper, the mortgage giant using alternative payment options after a cyber attack struck them on Halloween. In updated instructions on Monday, the company's providing customers several different ways they can make payments for their mortgage, including by phone, mail service, Western Union, and MoneyGram. There's also a one-time web payment option. The company claims to have more than 4.3 million customers and is the largest non-bank mortgage servicer in the U.S., it provides servicing and origination for homeowners throughout the country and manages a servicing portfolio of $937 billion. On Wednesday, customers attempting to log into Mr. Cooper's website to pay their mortgages or loan were instead greeted with a message saying the company was suffering a technical outage. Now I want to get to business continuity and emergency planning because whoever did this at Mr. Cooper, that's off to you. That's the art of cybersecurity. That's the science of cybersecurity. What's your business continuity plan call for continuing to generate revenue for the company, especially in financial services? Alternative payments, alternative methods of payments. Don't give your people a pass. Not that you should or shouldn't. That, that's a different debate, right? But you want to make sure the business continues to generate revenue while you're doing it. And so in order to do that, you've got to have several other ways to do it. The one-time web payment option link, by the way, is magnificent. You set up a secondary domain. People can call in. They can send an email. They can do whatever they need to do. And it's there. It's done. Magnificent planning. Unbelievable planning. You get hit by something. You continue to generate revenue. You're continuing other alternative method payments. You guys remember when Western Union and MoneyGram was a thing? That was like 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago when that was still a thing. Paying by phone and mail is still a thing, but Western Union and MoneyGram going real old school. And then using a new modern way of a one-time web payment option, which, you know, someone was going to have to enter and there's going to be some manual work that has to be done on the back end to potentially attribute the payment to the right account, right? But nonetheless, you're still generating revenue. So while you're recovering from a technology perspective, while recovering your business continuity plan, you're still generating revenue. So as a CISO, now you're the CFO's favorite person. You're also the CEO's favorite person. You're a hero to the board because you've got this plan in play. That plan in place is significant because now you understand what your company does. It pays money and it's got to receive money in order to pay it. And in order to do that, it's got to go about those ways. Good for them. Really, really good for them. The Allied Pilots Association said it's made progress in restoring its systems after failing after falling victim to a ransomware attack last week. This is the American Airlines Pilot Union saying that the attack occurred on October 30th and resulted in certain systems being encrypted. 
The IT team, with the support of outside experts, continues to work nonstop to restore the systems. They are pleased to report that the restoration efforts are progressing and they'll soon be able to bring back some of their online services. This is according to an announcement on November 2nd. The restoration efforts would focus on pilot-facing products and tools and full operations expected to be restored later. Again, prioritizing. When we do these, when I do these shows, yes, these are newsworthy, but really take lessons from what they're doing here in terms of incident response because it's significant. Here's what they've done. If you look at Mr. Cooper, first thing in incident response, how do we continue to drive revenue for the business? How do we continue to get payments? And they had a plan in place. They executed that plan. They're communicating that plan. They're sending out messages to customers. Done. No reason to be late. Now, American Airlines Pilot Union. They said, how do we keep our pilots running? All right, we got to give them everything the pilots need. On our end, we'll deal with everything on the back end. We'll manualize. We'll go back to the basics. And again, get the pilots running, get the business operating, keep everything away. It sounds so easy, so simple, yet so difficult in so many cases for a lot of practitioners because we oftentimes don't focus on the fundamentals. How do we keep the business running? How do we keep the business generating revenue? Not how do we keep HR running? Not how do we keep, you know, whatever running? How do we keep the revenue generating side of the business operating even at a minimal scale while we're still trying to identify the threat, while we're still trying to remediate the threat, and where we're trying to recover from the threat? Those are significant, extremely significant. And Novel Google Cloud RETs using calendar events. For command and control, cybercriminals are using legitimate functions within cloud services and providers can't totally stop them, especially when it comes to innovative approaches. Google's highlighting a proof of concept exploit called Google Calendar RAT, which allows red teamers and hackers to repurpose Google Calendar events for command and control purposes, was first posted to GitHub in June and has been forked 15 times since Google has not observed it being deployed in the wild, but has observed multiple users sharing it on cybercriminal forums indicating at least a passing interest in looking at it. What they're seeing happen is instead of using dedicated C2 nodes like in the past, threat actors are leveraging cloud services to hide in the background through traditional through traditional traffic. Something's going on in your calendar service, you wouldn't notice, you don't have an alert there. Most people don't pay attention to calendar services. And as such, it's a great attack vector. They create it, they add a descriptive point to the calendar a- address, they can execute commands using the event description field, all of that and more with this RAT. Insane. And a new variant of the Goot loader malware called GootBot has been found to facilitate lateral movements on compromised systems and evade detections. This is coming from IBM X-Force researchers Gulo Moore and Ole Veldesen, who say that the group's introduction of their own custom bot in the late stages of their attack chain is an attempt to avoid detections when using off-the-shelf tools for C2, such as Cobalt Strike or RDP. The new loader, as the name implies, is a malware capable of downloading next-stage malware after lowering potential victims using search engine optimization poisoning techniques. It's linked to the threat actor group tracked as Hive0127. There is a tactical shift with the implant downloaded as a payload after a goot loader infection in lieu of voice exploitation framework, such as Cobalt Strike. So this is significant. There's a shift in the TTPs and tooling, and all of that is available in the show notes. Go check it out. Google, for their end, has patched 37 vulnerabilities as part of the November 2023 Android security update. 
uh, with additional fixes released for Pixel devices. The first part will arrive on devices on November 1st, security patch level addressing 15 vulnerabilities in the Android's Android framework. The most severe of these issues is a critical security vulnerability in the system component that could lead to local information disclosure with no additional execution privileges needed. The second part was released on the 5th of November and it impacts security defects in our MediaTek and Qualcomm components. You want to make sure you get your Android situ- uh, situation updated. Cisco for Durin have released patches for high and critical vulnerabilities affecting several products in their firepower network security devices, identity service engine, network access control platform, and adaptive security appliances. CISA has issued an alert urging admins to deploy the available patches because cyber threat actors could exploit some of these vulnerabilities to take control of affected systems. The exploitation of vulnerabilities in in in-network security appliances has become a common occurrence in recent years because these devices are sometimes by nature connected to the internet because they're perimeter devices and provide attackers with a privileged position on the network where they can move laterally. So the advisory is out there. The patches are out. Make sure you get that patched as well. And finally, a critical flaw discovered in the Veeam 1 IT monitor with an urgent patch now release. CVE 2023 38547, 38548, and 38549 are all are a flaw within the Veeam 1 that allows for either an unspecified flaw that can be leveraged by an unauthenticated user to gain information about the SQL server connection Veeam 1 uses to access its configuration database, or a flaw in Veeam 1 that allows an unprivileged user with access to the Veeam 1 web client to obtain an NTLM hash of the account used for the Veeam reporting system. And finally, v, uh, CVE 2023-417-23, a vulnerability in Veeam 1 that permits a user with the Veeam 1 read-only user role to view the dashboard schedule. These have all been patched. Veeam is asking people to patch those right away, so get to that. That's it for our show this morning. Short, sweet, to the point. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms. Go check out our Substack by subscribing and signing up for a year. You get one of these espresso travel mugs. So go check it out. Really, really cool. Till then, have a great rest of your day, y'all. And most importantly, we'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. right here on your favorite social media platforms or check us out later on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till then, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.